power on the hour. When we listen and gain our knowledge and power, we turn to the no bullshit hour. Just did breaking news. No more bullshit. No more bullshit. No bullshit. Welcome in, everybody. December 18th, 2020. Happy Hanukkah. Have Merry Christmas. And yes, Karen. Happy Kwanzaa. Karen. <laughs> because you because you were giving me what do you mean why did I say what because you were giving me the education before broadcast please okay. inform everybody of Kwanzaa Got it. starts the day after Christmas and it goes help me out here I can't that's it for me I don't I know don't anything know. about Kwanzaa I don't either not, that much, not enough to talk about it uh, how many people celebrate Kwanzaa I wonder Obviously not enough, Charlie. I the mean, exact I, I do same number that still listen to Richard Pryor records. <laughs> well, I understand, I understand the principles behind it, and I think it's worthy of learning more about it, but uh, I don't think enough people know or practice it. So maybe maybe they'll pick up a book and figure it out now that you brought it up. In respect to whatever you're worshiping and whatever you believe, just try to love one another. Remember that. Yeah. Who doesn't like more holidays? Uh, <laughs> I'm feeling, I'm feeling the drain, man. I can tell, man. Before the show, I could tell. Uh, I'm gonna before we get to this show, it's a, it's a really interesting and and uh, power pack show. Uh, Sheriff Benny Napoleon has passed away. Uh, we'll get to that. We'll also have calling in uh, White Tony, the ex-con, Black Tony, the ex-con. Joining us is Dino Bach, the now bankrupt restaurateur, the most famous hospitality figure in Detroit, good friend of ours. Uh, it's rough. Uh, I got a little Christmas story for you and little James Brown to take the show out. Beautiful. Right? But first, before we get to that, uh, let me tell you about ADR. If you're a construction outfit and you're doing business in Michigan and you can't get it done, you need some help, you call our friend Barry Ellentuck, 248-318-9424. Experts in procurement, government compliance, information technology, and property management, as you all know, as you also know, he's honest, he's ethical, he's smart. So call ADR, you're trying to get it done, trying to figure out the best way and the best practice. Uh, ADR Consultants, 248-318-9424. And my good pal, uh, Luke Nowacki, again, remember, do not overreact, do not underreact. Get a financial plan, get a scheme that fits you. That fits your needs in the future of your family. Pension funds. Small governments. College saving plans. Stocks and everything. They'll do it all. Everything. Luke Nowacki at Pinnacle Wealth. 248-663-4748. I always challenge this guy on the math. His math is always on point to the decimal. He knows numbers. He's a wonk. 
Ed, he's a really good man. So uh, Luke Nowacki, Pinnacle Well, 248-663-4748. Hit it. Securities and investment advisory services offered through Royal Alliance Associates Inc. Member FINRASIPC. Royal Alliance Associates Inc. is separately owned and other entities and or marketing names. Products or services referenced here are independent of Royal Alliance Associates Inc. Oh, share, share, share. That's what Detroit Red tells me to tell you. Giving us a like is nice. Giving us a share grows our audience. We appreciate you. Um, I want to take a moment. Benny Napoleon, the Wayne County Sheriff, has died. He had been battling COVID for weeks, his breathing aided by a ventilator, and he passed yesterday. A longtime public servant, Napoleon, 65, also served as the chief of the Detroit Police Department and as Wayne County's assistant executive. He was a towering figure in Detroit, and the news of his passing comes as a shock. My respect and condolences to his family and friends and colleagues, all of us here at the No Bullshit News Hour are thinking of you. Napoleon was the fifth and most prominent figure in the Wayne County jail system to die from complications due to coronavirus, an epicenter of the outbreak in Michigan. Karen, I can't see you, but you knew Benny pretty well, didn't you? Uh, yeah, Charlie, I did. And, you know, this has been a tough year, but this hit differently. Um, and like you said, Benny was an, an illuminating figure here in the city, politically, from a community perspective, um, you know, everybody called him Benny, regardless of the position that he held. And I think that spoke volumes as to the relationship that he had, the way he was respected um, in the community. For him, it wasn't about politics. It was always about people. Um, if you knew him, you respected him, whether you agreed with him or not. And, you know, I know people always say when people are gone, it leaves a void. But this speaks to the fragility of our leadership here in the city. I mean, he is going to sincerely be missed, um, but he's going to be leave some some big shoes uh, in terms of his presence, his participation, um, and his commitment to uh, a city. I just often not at a loss for words, but this one has hit hard. Regarding his commitment, too, um, started as a police officer, worked his way up fully. This I found this interesting. Fully educated in the city of Detroit. Law degree, um, you know, college degree, high school, all of it within the city. Pretty impressive. He ends up being chief of police, a well-regarded one. Yeah. He he becomes the assistant Wayne County executive, a well-regarded one. And I know know something about him. He didn't want to take the job, but he took on, he could have retired. He took on the job of being the Wayne County sheriff, knowing full well what a mess that system is. Mm. Hey, Dean, you also knew him, did you not? Wow, Dean is muted right now. Okay, that's cool. He's muted. He doesn't know it. That's cool. It's fun to watch him talking to nothing. Exactly. (laughs) Up there in the tundra. What a great career move. He is unmuted now. (laughs) Much better. (laughs) Sorry, man. Yeah, uh, you know, I did some volunteer work uh, in Detroit, trying to bring back some sports uh, uh, activity centers back to the neighborhoods that I grew up in, and and Benny Napoleon was part of that, and I got to have a couple dinners with him. The guy was such a nice guy. Uh, you know, he just kind of made you feel like you've been friends forever every time you talk to him. He's a great guy. Yeah, he's a loss. Here's how I know him. And again, honor to the man, his service, his memory, and his life. I knew him as a reporter and first met him 
during that Wayne County jail, the first, the failed jail and the bullshit. And, the boondoggle, yeah. Yeah, and, and he's, he wasn't really into it. Now he's, he's fast. <laughs> like it's, he, he once told me, he goes, I'm just a cog in this machine. And then he rolled his eyes, right? But he always told me the truth. He might not have laid it out on camera, but the guy did let me know what was going on. He did. And I always appreciated that. And he never dodged. Yeah, I was just going to ask if he ever ran from you like other never. county executives. Never, okay. never. You know, uh, he, let me put it to you like this. It's a nice segue, actually. When did I start hitting the jail system on its slop, its, its health issues, the dirt in there, the, the, the COVID that was destined to come there? That was January. Yeah. I rang the bell a couple times and I called and I asked, May I take a tour? And you know what he said? Give him full access. Hmm. Give him full access. As you all know, you know from the last bunch of months, we were clobbering that place as a epicenter of the spread of this thing. Over 200 deputies caught COVID in that jail. The two top doctors died. The chief of maximum security died. A ranking corporal died all of COVID, and now it's the sheriff. He had the guts, and he never called up and bitched and said, you're inaccurate, mm -hmm. never gave me false information. He wanted the help, and we still don't have it. Again. Unacceptable. Here it comes home to roost. COVID-19 is very real. I've had too many friends and too many acquaintances die for it, from it. Add this next one. A titan, Karen, a titan of the Detroit scene. And we can't seem to manage places where we know the clusters are happening. We can't seem to get it together to do a full court press on buildings like the jails, like the nursing homes, like the foster care, and as you're going to hear, the halfway houses. Wait till you hear... White Tony, the ex-con, who's now in a halfway house trying to reintegrate into society. No attention's being paid, but we get data, 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 data. I must do this. I must. Because this Christmas is hard for everybody. With Luke Nowacki, we did data again. Look, it appears to be massage. Let me, let me do something for you. Remember, COVID is real. Take it seriously. And protect your parents. Testing in Michigan has increased 12-fold since the first spike in April. 12 times. About 60,000 tests a day now. Mm -hmm. Back then it was about 5,000. Okay? Cases have increased by four times. So not by 12 times. By four times. You're going to see an exponential growth. Yet deaths are down 50% from the April spike when you remove those vital records cases, those old cases that they never legitimately counted during the first spike, call the state, they won't elaborate. Hmm. Now, as you know, they are required to keep data for the nursing homes, the homes for the aged, and the adult foster care, all state licensed, hmm. states responsible. They don't inspect them as much as they should. That's why they oversee them, yeah. Last week, taking the old deaths that had already occurred out of it, 75% of all the deaths in the state of Michigan have come from the old people facilities. And what are we doing about it? 
Nothing. What are we doing about the jail? <sighs> Nothing. Talk to the deputies. You know how often they get tested? Every other week. Why? I mean, if testing's That's up that... Uh, yeah, I know. <laughs> it was more of a rhetorical why. It just it doesn't make any sense as to why, you know, these are the essential workers we've heard so much about. They should be... They should be to the front of line for testing every day. Are we serious about this? What did the governor say when she vetoed the legislation to create COVID-only facilities for recuperating patients who are non-emergent? Right? It's not an emergency. You have COVID. You can't go back to the nursing home or the jail because we don't want you there. We're all smart enough now. Yeah. Where do we put them? Guess where we're putting them? In the hospitals. Beds are filling up. We have no place to put them. And so we close the economy down. Huh, Dean? Yeah, I feel that, man. I feel that. Broke is a joke, aren't you, brother? That ain't no joke, man. Really isn't. It's a shame. It's easy to shut down a restaurant because you can or create some kind of limitations and restrictions on things that you can limit but you can't uh, you can't really close down a long-term health facility an old folks home or a jail and you, you so what, you got to find a better way to attack it maybe the restaurant it's just it's just to make it's to make it look like something's happening but uh, on the other end it's making matters worse um you know people are are, are not working uh businesses are suffering like you said the economy is compromised and at the end of the day i mean you are putting off a lot more people it's it, it's not it's not a solution. It's Man, not it's not a buy. It's not a solution. I agree. I I have to say, if I look around the country, you look at different states. Whether they're on full lockdown or they're wide open, right? Death rates are right. more or less the same. Where are people dying? Yeah. It's more or less the same in these facilities, which are completely rotten, universally across the United States. That's what's happening, and you don't want to pay for it. Well, here's what happens when you don't pay for stuff. It comes around to bite you in the ass. You don't want to pay for jails and prisons? They're like infection Petri dishes, and it blows out of there. You don't want to pay for end-of-life care? Petri dishes. Destroys the economy. We got to start holistically looking at this country because it's fucking killing us. And it's a very unmerry holiday season. And I'm really sad about Benny. Didn't have to be. And I know he was trying. He didn't have anything. They didn't even have masks. Remember, I was begging you all out there. Can you get me some masks for the deputies? Respect to all of you. It's like a goddamn broken record. Remember, I pulled it up when the governor vetoed that, that legislation. Quote, here, hear it close. Nonpartisan right here. So save the hate. I love you. I don't love any political party. Here's the reasoning. Listen closely from the governor. Quote, the legislation fails to explain how such facilities would be staffed or paid for. I got an idea. You're a restaurant or a business. You want to stay open. Put the protocols in place and you pay a COVID tax. And we take the COVID tax. And we funnel it into these private facilities that are hardly monitored, and we just give it to them instead of, you know, ruining the economy. What do you think about that? Anybody? 
I think it makes a lot I mean, of but sense. But you got to have oversight for that, Charlie. And that's, <gasps> that's part of the process, you know, the accountability factor. So it, it sounds good, but, you know, were those tax dollars truly and thoroughly and entirely be applied and distributed as intended? I mean, you know, it. No. It, it's, and so then where does that leave us? <laughs> I get, you know, it's no bullshit news hour, but is this news to anybody? Is it? Is it news to anybody? The government's ineffective. The bureaucracy is bloated and lazy. Year after year, cycle after cycle, change over one part or the other. Is your life better? It's not. Why not? We got him on? No. Oh, this fucking guy. I'm going to go on to the next guy. All right. Let me, let me call him up. Okay. It's too much process, Charlie, and Dean, maybe you can weigh in on this too. I mean, some things, to, to me, the solution is a lot simpler than government tries to make it or people try to make it. It's just a cut and dry thing, but it's too much process. I, I mean, as a business owner, you probably have a better solution than any elected official. Well, we, you know, we've had to get really creative. Uh, we have a lot of processes. We pay a lot of taxes. We pay a lot of permit fees. The money goes to the government in, in buckets for restaurants already, giving another tax to be able to do this. I don't know if that's a good idea or not, because we're always trading water as it is. you know. And like you said, you don't know if they're going to use the money for the right thing anyway. So you've you got to make sure that uh, I, 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 no, there's, there's answers out there. I don't have them. All we, all we do is get up in the morning, put a smile on our face and try again. Well, what happened so to you? What's happening in your life? Take us through what's going. Look, one third of restaurants at least aren't even going to open back up. At least. Listen, we, we've all been standing in front of the firing squad for, for nine months, man. And I've been smoking that cigarette as long as I can. And, and you know, I'm down to my last puff. And right now, it, it's happening. The, the shit's hitting the fan. The, the, uh, the banks are starting to uh, maneuver. They know that it's coming. They know there's going to be default on all these people. And they're just not making it easy on anybody. And, and you can't really blame them. They want their money. But it doesn't uh, – you're going to see a lot of restaurants in the next six months. Well, that's, that's uh, where the lender of last resort, being the federal government and the Fed, should uh, come through to tell these banks, look, you got to get money out to these people, which would mean another kind of CARES Act to fulfill that. Dean, were you able to get uh, a grant or any kind of loan uh, when this all first hit? Yeah, I got the PPP. The government loans are great. The problem is, is that we're paying our loans with loans. Yep. So the whole it's deeper. You know, I don't know, you know, is the PPP going to be forgivable? I don't have a staff to pay. Haven't had a staff to pay since March. I've been holding on to that money, hoping that I, you know, can use it, but I can't. The EIDL money is just another loan that's just going to be digging the hole deeper for us. So we're, we're, we're paying interest with money that we're borrowing. And, uh, you know, if I was to even try to get the restaurants back open again, I'm looking at five years of paying off loans before I can start making money again. It's like a new form of indentured servitude. You're never going to be out. Like you're going to constantly be paying, constantly working to pay off stuff that you've gotten in the past. Like how do you ever grow and move forward? You can't. You, you can't. You can't, Karen. You know, we, we, we're tread water, like I said, you know, and in, in the last nine, 10 months, it's like somebody's putting their foot on your forehead and pushing you under. And every time you get a chance to come up for air, they don't, they just push you back. And, and now we're to the point where... It, it, we're not going to come back. It's just, you know, we got to throw in the towel. We got to say, take me, Jesus, take me. 
And, you know, hopefully, uh, hopefully by some miracle, we come back, uh, back to life and, and are able to do what we were doing before. Cause this is a job that you do for passion. This isn't, we don't do this for big money. We do it because we love it. And at some point, uh, I got to go out and make a job. I got to make a job happen. I got to make some money. So, dude, has the bank moved on you? Yeah, I got, uh, this is great. I got a, uh, a uh, default notice uh, with, uh, you know, you got to pay the whole loan in, uh, which was about $1.1 million. I got that at 4.45 on Tuesday. They gave me till 5 o'clock. I got 45 minutes to pay off a million dollars. They know that that's not going to happen. They, so they're just lining them up. They're teeing them up, and they're they're just going to start doing it to everybody. I can't imagine. I'm the only person that's going through this. It's going to cascade. I mean, the, the, the financial forecast just on commercial real estate alone, they're, they're, you're starting to see it, right? There, yeah. There are even financial instruments like bonds based just like back in 2008, you know, with, with the houses and your mortgages mm-hmm. all being bundled. It's like that with commercial real estate. Watch, watch it happen. Well, and you can only it, it, you can only do forbearance for so long too with the banks. Where you know where they try to work with you before they need their money. That's why it does come down to the federal government's forgiving some of these loans. We need grants. We need some free money. I, I, I hate to say it, but you know you guys got to the, the government either have to give us something and and clean our slates a little bit, or you're just gonna you're just gonna have TGI Fridays and Chi-Chi's and you're gonna have all the big guys out there that are going to survive because they have deep pockets and the little guy's going to have to start all over again. So what's going to happen to Dino's here in fabulous Ferndale, bro? That's, that was at one time the social hotspot. Well, hanging a for sale sign on it. And um, same thing with Embrew and Ferndale. Uh, we, you know, Charlie, you and I have spoke. I have held hopes that I could get them open again someday. Uh, at this point, it's, it's just not happening. Uh, anybody out there wants to buy a restaurant, I own, at least we own the property for now, you know, until the bank takes it. But, you know, we got a good six months before they can even put their hands on it, but I'm not reopening unless, unless somebody comes along with some cash and says, Hey man, I'll be your partner and let's, let's give this a go. But, uh, who's going to do that in this time? I, uh, I hate to, um, you know, ask, but, uh, what you, uh, what you can do with all that beer then? You know, you know how to get I'm, in. Grab a keg. Yeah, I'm trying to find a silver lining in all this, bro. There's a whole restaurant full of beer in me. <laughs> is the water still on in there? I, yeah, I have the water bill now. I got to pay it. It's, it's still on. The gas is on. Electricity's on. But um, hey, like I said, let's. I might have to come down there in a couple days before Christmas, and you and I will have to. Get rid of some of the inventory. So. <laughs> right on. Um, okay, we're, we're trying to get a hold of uh, of uh, ex white white Tony the ex con, you know how it is with ex cons, dude. Sometimes hard to track down. Right. Not all of them. But as a segue, uh, so thing, isn't it? You don't want to be an ex con if you can be found easily. Then you're not very good. You're supposed to be able to be found easily when you're an ex con on yeah. parole. That's exactly the fucking point. What are you, the fans now, Charlie? White Tony. <laughs> I don't like a guy who breaks his word to me. White Tony. <laughs> well, he's got about 15 missed calls, so maybe he that might be. show up. He might not. But Dino, so all of your bailout money is 
basically run out. You, uh, you can't get unemployment. Did you try getting unemployment? Yeah, I did. I'm saying hi to the mail lady. Good. How are you? It's nice up here. Yeah, I got some unemployment. You know, it, it, it doesn't do much. It, it did nice when it was a big check from the feds for a while. But uh, again, you know, it, it doesn't pay my bills completely. I've got a wife that has a job. That's that's a blessing. And and if he's, you know, oh, I got, I got a food truck that we doesn't work real well, but we pushed it to the side of the road. Side of the road. We uh, we sell shawarma and barbecued ribs on the side of the road. In, in That's Gaylord. you know, Dean. I'm looking at you, and you're a fucking genius. What a career yeah. move! You're up there with a foreclosed super restaurant, a broken down food truck, and like three inches of snow on the ground. It, you you made all the right moves. Hey, this is heaven. <laughs> <laughs> How was the uh, unemployment process in getting that money? Get up every morning and put a smile on my face, Karen. That's that's the best way, best start to any day, Dean. It really is. Well, it's funny you oh, asked that, Mark. Mark asks, so how's the unemployment process working for you? Tony, you there, bro? Yeah. How you doing, dude? I'm okay. Oh, you got the, got the baby in the background. Yeah. You couldn't find a white one? What is this? White Tony blew us off, Karen. That's what I'm trying to tell you. We're trying to, I'm you know, how white people do. You, Charlie. <laughs> I'm just messing with you. That's the white man for you. <laughs> so, Tony, uh, hey, brother, uh, how, you, how you feeding that baby back there? Oh, family, not me. Tell me your situation. Don't make me pull one, one sentence answers out of you, Tony. What's going on? Why don't you got any unemployment? unemployment in March. In March, I found out someone stole my unemployment. So I had to go through the necessary things of getting my unemployment back, which was um, showing them my identity, showing them my ID, showing them my social security card, birth certificate, um, getting out the Davis time, um, signing paperwork, saying that if I Signing paperwork saying that I have never received any money from unemployment. All right, stop, stop, um, stop, stop, dude. Hold on, hold on now. Come on. This isn't the guy I talked to yesterday. Just talk to me. Listen, I mean, I'm, you just called me sporadically. I'm staying with my daughter. What do you want me to say? I'm going at the top of my head. I know. Relax. I've been going through this, I've been going through, this through March, and you're telling me you want me to put all this in five minutes? No, I'm telling you relax, that you're uptight, Stressed out and stressed out. And I, mean, you know, I, don't have, I mean, I mean, do you blame me? No. Well, that, that's the thing. Do I? Well, what's happening? What's happening uh -huh. is you haven't been able to get your unemployment since yeah. March, right? right? Yeah. Somebody stole your fucking identity, and the government's asking you to prove that you didn't commit fraud. Yeah, I proved it. I proved it. They told me to um, prove. Sending all the, everything they told me to do, I did. Now that I call, I call every single day. I call today. They leave me on hold and tell me they can't help me. Tell me wait until they can get in contact with and you. Do, and, and you don't have any money. You, you lost your job. No. You were a landscaper, right? Yes. And there's no work for an ex-con. At that level, because all, all the type of work that people accept you to do, it's closed down. Absolutely. You've been looking? You've been asking? Every single day. 
What is it you know how to do? We, we have some pretty righteous uh, listeners in our community. Oh, whatever it is I need to do. I'm not, I'm not willing to close the door on anything. I'm whatever I need to do. Do you know how to swing a hammer? How to swing a hammer, swing a shovel, dig it up, push it, move it, whatever the hell I need to do. You got a strong back? Yes, sir. His name's Tony Hammock, and he's asking for help out there. If you've got anything, because Tony can't negotiate the stupid state government and this unemployment that still tens of thousands of people haven't gotten. Where are you living, Tony? My family. With your family? So you you have to impose upon your family. How's that make you feel? Not good at all. Not being a man, not being grown, um, depending on someone else, not at all. How do you uh, how do you occupy your day? Um, trying to find work, trying to find help, uh, helping around the household, whatever way I can, whatever I need to. I mean, whatever I have to do, basically. But you know, like doing all this time that it has taken and taken away from me and my family, like it's just getting worse and worse. My family has scattered all over the place. I'm a father, three kids. I have two over here, one over here. I guess this problem with the problem. I mean, you know, me not being able to take out my responsibilities as a man, I mean, it falls on someone else. So it's like. Shit. I hear it in your voice, bro. And, and he's not looking for help. He's looking to work. Of course he is. Yeah. He's, he's looking for some help for the government to give him what he, what he they owe rightly him. deserves, like all of us. Mm hmm. Anything free, never, I, never mind working. But I just want what belong to me. Would you get? Like, what? If I did something wrong, punish me. But I haven't did nothing wrong the first time. I haven't. So it's like in doing what you want me to do, I still get punished. I don't understand the rules around. Tony, you know I mean? Tony, what did you go to prison for? Um, carjacking. How long did you serve? Um, twelve years. Do you apologize for the crime that you committed? 100%. Say so to the folks. Uh, I apologize 100% for the crimes that I commit to society. I pay my debt to society. I've been free over three years. I haven't committed a crime. Worked um, in society. Formidable, helpful. You're off, you're off parole now? Yes, sir. You did everything that was required. Did, did you yes, hurt sir. the person that you carjacked? No, sir. Okay. Okay, so there's that. You apologize. You served your time. You finished parole. You kept your nose clean. You're desperate. Does it ever just lay in there? Sometimes you sleep in your truck. Is that right? Yes, sir. Fuck, it's cold now. When when you're embarrassed and you got to get out of your family's hair, you go sleep in your truck. Yeah, I, I actually slept in it last night. I told you yesterday, my sister had company. I just sleep in my truck, so... Yeah, company last night. You know, I just don't want to be a burden in the household walking, you know. I want to give her space, but I also want my own, but, you know, just not in the position to have my own right now. I hear you, you know. Yep. Do you ever, laying in that truck, struggling like you are, does it ever cross your mind, man, maybe, maybe go back to a life of crime? Uh, I mean, that's like, you know, I serve time, you know, like the time that I serve, I sit in prison every day thinking about 
another way to do things. You know, like, I have a reservoir family that helped me. It's just, like, I don't want the help, to be honest with you. Be, you know, like, my family is all women. I'm a man. And my mother passed, my father passed. I don't want help from my siblings, you know. So it's just, like, very difficult to even accept help. You know, like... Well, you know, oh. the reason I asked, brother, is there's a lot of, lot of, millions of guys in your position. And if this keeps up and things continue to be mismanaged, I'm worried we're going to see a wave of this shit come the spring. Right. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, shit, it's Christmas next week. I have three kids. It's Christmas next week. I don't, I, I mean, I don't. I mean, like, I, I mean, I don't even want to finish the sentence next week. I mean, I don't even want to see my own kids, you know, so. You don't want to no, see them because you don't got anything for them, huh? No, absolutely not. Just give them the best thing you got, dude, is love. Just give them a hug. Yeah. I'm here. I mean, you know, I'm here. But, you know, very unfortunate situation. I just feel like it's just, like, it's just a difficult situation for me, like, you know, playing on it, having work, you know, being patient, definitely having work. I mean, I don't know what else to do. I mean, I really don't. Okay, here's what we're going to do then, brother. I, I don't, I'm going to call you up. We're gonna, I'm, I'm going to see if we can knock on some doors of the bureaucracy. It's, it's the holidays. They're not going to answer. They're all in their jammies at home anyway. And I can't blame those working the day-to-day. I just think from the, the top, none of this was ever corrected from the spring. I know they were overwhelmed. Red's talked about it. We've understaffed. Talked, understaffed. The governor put out a $10 million fund for small business. So many businesses applied, the thing crashed. And if everybody got a piece, it would be $250 each for a guy like Dean. Here's your small business grant, $250. Complete horseshit, Tony Hammock. We'll see what we can do. It's r- rightly deserved. It's not a handout. It's not an O. We were all supposed to get it. So we'll do that, Tony. Um, what, would, what would you say to the person who stole your identity and therefore stole uh, your unemployment? I mean, I served my time for the crime I committed. I want to press charges to the fullest extent. I mean, I mean, like you never know what a person I have to go through. It's like even with the crime that I committed, like taking a person's car. Like I don't know what the hell they went through to get their car to purchase their car. Like to work. So for me, like working, getting out here, doing the things that I supposed to do, you know, like what society tell you to do and teaches you, and like what your parents teach you to do, you do the right thing and still get put. Like I don't understand it. So it's like. You know, I did the wrong thing. I got the wrong. I got the wrong thing. I did the right thing. I still get the wrong thing. So it's like you know. Tony, this is Karen. How you doing? I'm okay. Good. Uh, this isn't a handout. It's a Christmas present. So if Charlie can share your number with me, I'd like to just send you something so you can at least do something for your children to make you feel better about a bad situation while Charlie continues to knock on some doors and, and rattle some phones to try to solve the bigger problem. Um, if you will accept that, I'd like to send you something. Hey, I got an idea, Tony. Way to go, Karen. You're a beautiful woman. 
beautiful woman. I forgot. I forgot. Guess what? I forgot. What? You know how we do those fix the shit t-shirts? Yes. And fix it t-shirts and go. fix the sh t-shirts. All available right. on DrewAndMikeStore.com. Yeah, it's a plug. All DrewAndMikeStore.com. If you go on, you might be able to get them for Christmas. No guarantee because the shipping companies are fucked up. Maybe, maybe Kwanzaa. Maybe Kwanzaa, maybe New Year's, but I love getting a late Christmas gift. Give one to yourself. Remember what we do with the money. Get that off now. What we do with that money is we give it to people we think are deserving and need a hand. So here's what we're going to do. Black Tony, the ex-con, are you with us? Yes. We at the No Bullshit News Hour in the community, we're going to give you 500 bucks, bro. Well, you, you got it, man. Like, you know, while, while we try to meet up tomorrow and do that and, um, you know, pay it Charlie, pay it I'm forward. Add something onto that. Oh yeah. I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to add 250 to that. So that's 750. There you go, dude. Dino. Nope. You got shit. No, you leave Dean out of this. He's struggling. He, he, he'll get him. He'll get him. Some, yeah, maybe a meal. Dean, Dean, don't even put Dean in that position. Remember like a couple weeks ago, we had a friend of mine on who's getting a dozen fake stolen yeah. applications oh, yeah. to his house and three fucking debit cards, three debit cards. And yet Tony can't get his shit. It's just screwed up. And you wonder how many more are like that. Okay. Listen, uh, Tony, Merry Christmas, brother. Listen, everybody out there. If you've got some kind of work, he's got his own transportation. Obviously he's, he lives in it. Work hard. He needs it. He needs it. Christmas and state get off your ass and get them. Oh, for fuck's what sake. you owe. This is get them what you owe them again, non political. And everybody, stop busting my balls. You're, you're happy when it lines up on your side of thinking. I'm just trying to bring you a picture of all of us. And Tony's not Tony, you don't plan on checking out soon, do you? You're not having those thoughts, are you? No, nah. good. I mean, I, I, listen, to be honest with you, it, can't, it really couldn't get worse in prison. It's just like to wake up and to be a man in another person's home, like it's, like, it's the most uncomfortable situation on earth, like, for someone to allow you to be there but not want you to be there. You get what I'm coming from? Mm -hmm. You know, even having somewhere to go, like... I really don't want to be there. I just, that's why I said, I just want what belong to me. If I want belong to me, then I can do what the hell I need to do. I can't do what I need to do if you guys won't give me my, my funds. It's just, I sat on the phone yesterday for six hours. Oh, six hours. Just on the whole. In that six Every, hours that you were on the phone, how many people did you talk to and for how long? I talked to one person. Oh. 10 minutes, they got all my information, and I listen to music for the rest of the time. They're supposed to come I back refuse, to you. I refuse, I refuse to hang up because 4 o'clock is coming up, and I'm like, well, I know they're going to answer the phone before they go home. Nobody answered the phone. They hung up for six hours. And how, yeah. how often has that happened to you? Oh, man. Over, listen, I call every day since March. Like I call every, every Listen day. to me, Tony. Uh, this is coming from um, Rudy Cardenas over there at Bill Brown Ford. He just sent a hundred bucks on. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, Rudy. That's real freaking cool. 
That's real cool. Well, you got a lot of people that are listening on Facebook and they're asking how can they help. Um, maybe they do want to buy a shirt. Maybe they just want to donate. So I don't know how you want to do that, Charlie. Oh. I mean, th- this is the thing. We aren't dining out right now, unfortunately, Dean. So, you know, let's take some of that money. Let's tip people who are providing carryout service like Dean and his staff. Let's think about taking that money and helping somebody like Tony who could use just a helping hand until he gets over. But the same process that's undermining Dean's success is also compromising Tony's ability to move forward. He wants to work. Too much process. He wants to work. I know. Yeah, I take a job. I take a job over a dollar any day. Exactly, dude. I know that. Okay, so keep your head up. I'll get a hold of you. Right, we'll meet up, and and we'll. I, I feel like some something like family night. I know everybody's having trouble, and I, I know you say, "Well, fuck, fuck him." There's there's that element out there. He's an ex-con. He gets what he deserves. Paid That's his, over. He paid his debt. That's over. He's, Charlie, there, there, but for the grace of God, go we. People have to understand it. You know, life I'm, changes. I I'm in from a it. Second. I'm from it. I could have been there. Real yeah, easy. I, I just, I don't take this for granted. I do not take my blessings for granted. And as long as I always say that I do because I can, and I can because I do. Okay. Now listen, I'm going I'm to say this. You, you can, you can listen on Tony or you don't have to, man. You can be on your way, but I'm just, I'm, I'm not going to trifle with, White Tony, the ex-con. But let me tell you what he told me. And I just wanted you to hear from him. But here's the deal. He's in a halfway house. You remember that? Did you have to be put in a halfway house? Yeah. It was uh, kind of filthy or was it a nice place? Filthy. Filthy. How many guys living together? Uh, million. Yeah. And you're sharing a bathroom. Yes. Three yes. floors of, of horrors, right? Mm-hmm. And a lot of disrespect going on by the staff, right? And they're there. They got caseworkers to help you get a job because that's part of the requirement being on parole, right? Yes, sir. Okay. So, White Tony is currently in such a place. Freaking filthy, 150 guys, and one room's got COVID people. One, How, how big are the rooms there, dude? Like 8 by 10? Yeah, no bigger than 10 by 12 for sure. And how many guys they got stacked in there? Uh, it can be eight to twelve. It can be twelve to sixteen. What the fuck? So for, for you got twelve to fifteen guys, like get one square foot a piece. Yeah. Okay. Right from top of each other. See, listen to that. Think about that, people. Now this is a state-sanctioned facility. State pays them. State is supposed to check in on them. Yeah. Okay. At at uh, White Tony's place of residence, I'll leave it out. I got a phone call in. We'll wait to hear. They got some guys stuffed in a COVID room, right? They still go out and get their food. Nobody delivers it. They're right next. What? That's right. They go to they go Jesus. they go to the dining hall and get their food. Their room is right next to the toilets. Imagine having the last seat on a Greyhound bus, yeah. and then that toilet's there. Well, not to mention they use that bathroom too. They use that bathroom. Yeah, I'm they, sure the ventilation in that uh, house is perfect. Too. Ask ask um, ask Black Tony the ex-cut. How's the ventilation in a halfway house tone? Uh, horrible. They don't clean it out. Never ever clean it out. You see great stuff coming up out of it. Um, smell funny. Always smell funny. I mean, it's the worst. You know, like putting yourself in those type of positions, like it's you just you you respect like putting your being in the places that you're supposed to be in. Like those type of places, you're locked in. 
You can't get out. It's controlled movement. Cameras watching. Police there. You monitor it. It's now you, you're locked in, except when you go to work, right, brother? Right. Okay. Now, White Tony. Guess what White Tony does for a job? Oh boy, I'm scared right. to find out. He stacks groceries at a store. Oh boy. Now, White Tony has seen no inspectors come into the home, right? Nobody's had a COVID test. They'll hit you with the thermometer as if that's some kind of test. Yeah. And he's walking back and forth around society, stacking your Christmas turkey. Now it's my rant. Fucking he's not tested. Nobody's coming to look. The state's not there to take the COVID people out of the halfway house. They shoved them in a room. Can we not fix this government? Isn't this a simple one? Anybody? Isn't it a simple one? You want to know how it's spreading? <laughs> Shut up, Mayor. This isn't the suburbanites coming into Detroit and spreading it. Detroit shut down. And your numbers are bullshit. The nursing home numbers are old. The halfway house is in Detroit. Tell them again, Tony, how squalid these halfway houses are. They're horrible. Worst places on earth. And I know it is. People are thinking, fuck you, you did the crime. Fine, you want to think that way. But it has very serious consequences now. Now it's fucked us all. My buddy Dean's up here in the upper left of this Zoom call. Dead ass broke. Fucking lost everything. Why did he lose everything? We were trying to stop the spread. Who died? Nursing homes, jails, the prisons. 80% of them, at least, are from these places that the government's supposed to be looking after. Since we can't get our act together, shut the economy down. I am not a COVID denier. It's serious. It's killed friends of my good friends. This is so stupid. Action, please. We need a vaccine for stupidity, Charlie. Oh, we're going to get the vaccine. We're going to juice everybody up and, yeah, and forget how that. fucked up the system is. We're never going to fix it. We've now had a window into our emergency response, yeah. into so many things. Our hospital systems, right? Our jail systems, our old folks, like how they're living. Remember what the corpse collector told us? They're yeah. locking them in there and letting them rot, and they got sores this big. This is really not a nice Christmas show. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. It's reality, though. And maybe uh, when times are good again, we'll think about these things that need to be fixed. We'll think about... No, we uh, won't. Well... No, we won't. Or, we won't. You know why? Think about this. Think about this. Think about the people who have been celebrated in their respective positions. They're promoted. They've held a position for X number of years. They have done such a great, what the hell is any, what has anybody done? Because we're still working on the same problems. We look at putting a bandaid on a gunshot wound. We never look at the contributing factors and we're constantly patching up the same problems. Yes. And here's what we, here's what we did. Like at the beginning of COVID, we were all dicking around with impeachment, right? During the lull in the summer, we were dicking around with an election and we're so busy politicking. We didn't do the work. And I hope you out there know that we have your best interest in mind and we kept on it. 
We were right about the jails. We were right about the nursing homes. And I know that we're right about Black Tony. I know it. I could tell. You could hear it. Any kind of work. Drop, drop the number on Facebook Live there. Drop me a direct message. Give them a chance. One guy means something. We all mean something. I'll leave it at that, Tony. Merry Christmas, bro. And I'll talk to you later tomorrow. Okay, it's deep. <laughs> um, Charlie, nobody should have to live like that in a country like this. Not Tony, not Dean. That, that, that doesn't, that, I mean, like Dean talked about how he pivoted. He did this. He's adjusting. Every five minutes, the restaurant guidelines are changing. But no, we shouldn't, that shouldn't be how we live and who we are. It just shouldn't be. It's not necessary. Dean's shaking his head. It's un, it just, it's not. Always. Why are you shaking your head? You, you guys mentioned when times are good, you know, we should be thinking about how to keep them good. Instead, we're out there having a good time and, and, and not trying to plan for the future. And I've said this uh, to some friends down uh, in the Ferndale area. You guys got to start. Yeah, I said this a long time ago. I wrote a letter to the city. You guys got to start thinking about what could happen. You're sitting around doing, uh, enjoying the fruits of your labor when you got you know, sooner or later that the world's going to pass you by. You got you got to keep moving. You got to keep moving forward. You, if you're not moving forward, you're moving backward, I guess. And, and, and when when things are good, I I just see a tendency for people to to just enjoy now. themselves yeah. more. And you know, I, I was I've been a, uh, a a volunteer many times in my life, and I see volunteerism go up when things are bad and go down when things are good. And, and that's, that's part of what you guys are talking about. And I think that's how it should be. When times are good, everybody have a good time. And when things are down, volunteer, band together. And Dean, you used to be in the mortgage business, didn't you? Yeah, spent 15 years in the mortgage and real estate industry. And so thinking about things now and you say, start planning today for a future right? Get your act together. You know, what my best advice is, you know, what mine is go to school, call hall financial <laughs> rates have never been lower. <laughs> rates have never been lower. I mean, what are you waiting for? Zero. That's not going to happen. Do it now. Do it now. Loosen up some of that hard earned cash. Some of that save, save, go now. Look, what's that say? We pledge to provide you a five star experience, free appraisals in December. Right? Do it. Do it. I mean, that's 750 bucks. Yeah. Believe it or not, closing times have sped up. Again. Right now, the majority of loans at Hall Financial are closing in 10 business days or fewer. Come on, folks. Do yourself a favor. Take the pencil and the paper out and figure out. Make a call. You don't have to sign anything away. How much could you save, hypothetically? Think about it. Be smart. Hall Financial. Go to davidhallmortgage.com or call 248-308-5000. Hall Financial. Lower payments, better options, more personal attention. NMLS 1467435. Oh, American Coney Island going to extend the hours for the holiday. They are. Good. Yeah. You're going to be cooped up. You want to just get out, go downtown, see the tree. They'll be open tonight, Friday, tomorrow, Saturday till 10 o'clock. So it'll be open and well-lighted and right in the mix and clean and friendly. You know our friends. And if you want to get a Coney kit, we've already got over 500 we got to pack. Again, ooh, ooh, ooh. setting world records on these Coney kits, right? 
that dozen dogs with all the fix and ship right to your door. But I do got to say, you're gambling with the shipping companies. They, yeah. it, it's a mess. Uh, traffic is doubled. All kinds of nonsense is going on. So it wouldn't be American Coney Island's issue if it doesn't get there. And they are perishable. But you pay a little bit more, it'll be express. Express shipment only this week. Go to AmericanConeyIsland.com. Check it out. See if you want to. But remember, they've been at that corner for 103 years. And if you want to get down there, Michigan and Lafayette, downtown Detroit. Beautiful. You know, American Coney Island is on Gold Belly, too. They have all the high-end restaurant <laughs> um, meals that you can buy from restaurants around the world. And I was like, wow, American Coney Island is on Gold Belly. So that's that's pretty good. Well, that's, that's, so fa- fir- that's so fancy. I've never even heard of it, Karen. Yeah, one of their first ones. <laughs> one of their first ones. Pretty cool. <laughs> that's great. Now, listen, I, um, speaking of American Coney Island, I, I, I wrote a little Christmas story. Okay. If you, can I, can I, I didn't have time to put it to music like we did last week. I'll find some music for you. Okay. With the corpse collector and all that. Right. You want me to hum? It's been very busy. Mm-hmm. God, I feel bad for Black Tony, the ex-con. Oh my God. Yeah. You hear it on him? Well, he's There's too- a ton of people that want to help him, Charlie. I, I love mean, you I'm all out there. I'm reading all these comments, so. I love you somebody, all out there. And you know somebody, what? Somebody's you- going to help him with a job. They're, they're giving recommendations. And you know so- what's helpful, folks? The likes are great. Comments are awesome. Share the program so people can see it. You never know who's going to listen and help a guy like Tony out. I love this song. That's great. When a man's make-believe dog is in the hospital struggling for its life, intuition tells you something's not right with its master. I'm worried about Gus Malone, a raggedy 53-year-old bantam of a man with no fixed address. When I asked Gus last month about Timmy, his imaginary white-haired hound, Gus told me that Timmy was recuperating in the dog hospital. He got hit by a bus. Uh, Gus clucked through what was left of his teeth. He got flattened, broke every bone in his body. I haven't seen Gus since. Oh, no. The thing is, Gus knows Timmy isn't real. He calls it playing crazy. Kids aren't afraid of me with Timmy around, Gus confided to me last year when I profiled him for a fancy British magazine in a story entitled, The Detroit Comeback is a Myth. I watched as downtown adults happily doled out two bucks for the invisible dog food. I watched bureaucrats at the Midtown Social Security office look on sympathetically as Gus stooped over and pantomimed cleaning up after Timmy. The make-believe dog had relieved itself on the government's carpet. Bad boy, Gus scolded the beast. Its breed described as a chow mein, being no bigger than a suitcase. Well, at least he did his business in the right spot. But in a certain way, Timmy is a real friend. If it weren't for Timmy, who would take the time to speak to Gus? We all need people. If it takes an imaginary dog to be treated like a human being, then Timmy really may be man's best friend I saw Gus downtown doing some odd jobs at Lafayette Coney Island he was an emergency fill-in for the rumpled old Romanian who likes to drink too much after the rumpled old Romanian was hauled off to jail after drinking too much and pulling a knife on the owner of American Coney Island next door that was last month and that's when Gus told me the awful news the bus heading downtown had flattened Timmy broken every bone in his body. 
I could tell Gus was hungry, gaunt and desperate. It wasn't the drugs this time. His wild eyes told you that. So did the news of Timmy dying in the doggy hospital. The perfect metaphor. There are no more odd jobs at the downtown restaurants for guys like Gus because the restaurants are dying from the COVID lockdown. There are no more $2 handouts for phony dog food because the downtown workers are working in their bedclothes from home. Looking back on that story for the British magazine, the comeback was a mirage, a myth, an overhyped play in the press. Nothing much structural had changed in Detroit. The paper economy only required a match, a natural catastrophe, an accounting scandal, a political indictment. COVID-19 was simply the blowtorch. And now it's exposed. The violent crime, the poverty, the empty lofts, and the half-baked development downtown, the homelessness. The big boys will be okay. They set themselves pretty sweet with the opportunity zones, public money subsidies, tax abatements, and prime public land on the cheap. The big boys are actually making money, a lot of money during the collapse, if you can believe that. For the have-nots, the anxiety rises as the temperatures drop. Worried, the other day, I went to look for Gus. There's an actual tent village in the bowels of Hart Plaza, beneath the amphitheater, shielded from the sting of the elements. Classical music played down there from somewhere, and a small battery-operated Christmas tree in the corner threw a warm light, the kind like you see from a supper club candle. But no, Gus. I checked with the county jail. Bro, a deputy tells me, we're not locking up homeless dudes during COVID. Shit, they even let an accused rapist out on tether. There is no Gus at the House of Love off Linwood on the west side. A man can lease himself a bed there for 20 bucks a night. The sink and shower are communal. The boiled hot dogs are all you can eat all night long. Come to think of it, I haven't seen Gus in some time, said Bo Wilson, 66, who's something of the unofficial mayor of the streets. Wilson earned the title by Milk Crate Endurance, which is to say he sat on a milk crate on the street corner making a spectacle of himself for so many years that finally people just up and started shouting, Hey, Mr. Mayor! Last couple of times I seen him, Gus was just kind of up and down, you know? That's what Mayor Wilson recalls. Things are tough out here, man, he tells me. Real tough. So when an invisible, so when a man's invisible dog gets hit by a bus and he leaves the invisible dog at the hospital, you know something's getting to him. So dear listener, if you happen to see Gus or a guy like Gus, would you please wish a Merry Christmas for me? Remind him spring will be here before he knows it and good times are sure to follow. And dear listener, if you happen to have a spare moment and are so inclined, might you also say a little prayer for Timmy? Too often they're forgotten. And why, Tony, you ex-con motherfucker, if I find you, I am going to whoop your proverbial ass. <laughs> I got your back on that one. <laughs> With a 10-foot stick, because I don't want the COVID, and I want to know where those turkeys are you touching, because you remind me of one lung Fortuck. Remember him from the county jail? Oh, yeah. And no one messes with our rundown. Never! Never! <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> but we're professionals here. That's why you got to wipe off your groceries when you come and bring them in, you know? I mean, but these are things people should have been doing anyway. Like, I, I've been doing it forever. Get you bleach and wipe off the, you know, you don't know what's in a grocery store. We did that already. I remember that. We used to, I used to, like, get naked on my front porch and not bring it in. <laughs> out. It was so weird. And that doesn't help our rundown. <laughs> Turns out as long as you didn't go to the nursing home, you were all good. Yeah. It feels the time. Dean, what 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 can somebody that wants to kind of help you along the way with your food truck, people who are listening, can they come by a rib dinner, come by a shawarma? What what can what can we do to help you? Yeah, we we're 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 in Gaylord, so we're a good 200 miles outside the city. So anybody that's close, we have uh, great barbecue ribs, pulled pork. Are there pork, black people in Gaylord, Dean? Are there any black people up there? <laughs> there there are, and they're lovely people. Oh, they're nice. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just I'm just messing with Charlie. It's fine. <laughs> I'm I'm sure you are, but yeah, we got all kinds up here and it's it's great. It's it's a nice area. It's it's a little cold outside, but we're we we keep warm and just keep me warm, keep me busy at the food truck and that would help. How are your ribs? The they're they're driving hours to come get our ribs. We're the talk okay. of the town. Fantastic. I mean, do I actually believe that bullshit? I mean, how are your ribs? They're horrible. We need a road trip. You <laughs> saying one of two it's things. It's the truth. It's the truth, man. Well, he could say that it's an evolving, you know, dish that they're working on it. He could be, I think Dean would be honest. I don't think he'd say they're the world's best if they weren't. I mean, if they're good and people are driving to get them, maybe we ought to take a trip, Charlie. Fuck no. <laughs> Look at his beard. That's, see, that's not white hair. That's the fucking ice. <laughs> Maybe he can take the trip and drive that truck back down here for you. You know what I love about Gaylord's a nice town. You know what's you know what's great about you know what's great about Gaylord? What? Stopping, getting some gas, taking a shit and keep on going where people actually fucking live. Heading west. Jeez. <laughs> to Traverse City. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> well, Dean, if you come down this way, I'll be more than happy to order something from you. God damn, is yeah. anybody else anybody else out there need some money from Karen? <laughs> <laughs> Ho, ho, ho. What's going on? So, well, I don't know how she makes her money, Dean. A moment of silence for the death of Dino's Lounge. That was a stone cold groove. Gonna miss you, man. Damn. This was a really dark pre Christmas show. Yeah, I'm going to do inventory. Quality control. 15 years. Bring back some ribs, Charlie. The heart of Ferndale. But buy it. Don't take it free. Buy the food. When people offer you free stuff, that's not helping them. So pay for it. Goddamn, Karen. (laughs) Karen's handing out money left and right today. Damn. Karen. I could... Use a couple of dollars. <laughs> Charlie, if you ever needed money, you know, you know it. You, you know, you, you got it. Whatever you need, Charlie. I'd rather sleep in my truck, Karen, but thank you. Because that's what we real men stay do. stay here. We got plenty of room. It's COVID. You don't want me there. I smoke too much, too. Well, look at Dino. Look at Dino. Uh, 
For people that can't see, look at Dino. Look at the background. Jumped into action to push a truck out of the way. That is some redneck country shit. Like just right on time. If you're listening and not watching, a car breaks down right in the. A truck breaks down right in the back of Dino's. Vacates the show to go bush. Former restaurant. Look at that. That's what country folks do. But that's not country folks, Charlie. That right there is the lesson from this entire show. Somebody needs some help. Everybody pitches in and puts them in a better place. And vacate the rundown. Next cons. <laughs> Can't trust next time. All right, man. Now sit. Um, what are we doing next week? I will figure it out. Something. What are we doing? Nobody wants to listen to this. It's Christmas. Bunkus on Christmas. <laughs> what are we doing? We don't have any place else to go. We got to do a best of the year. Maybe we'll do that for New Year. New Year's and maybe a portion of someone's oh. uh, book, maybe. Why don't, yeah, why don't we play an audio chapter from my book? We can do that. That's, that'll work. The one in my own voice. All right, so that's what we're going to do next week. Do you just want to pat around the house and listen to me read a couple of chapters for free? <laughs> it's a really good book, bestseller. National bestseller, both Hell of yeah. the last ones. Love them. Which you can yeah. buy for Christmas. You can go and purchase a book for Christmas. Look, People Karen, what, Karen we're bringing you for perspective, not selling stuff. <laughs> you know no, what else? we're not selling it, but I'm saying, Charlie... <laughs> This is the problem. People want to, you, you have to, if you're going to support something, you got to pay for it. Jeez. Buy the book. Relax. Give a gift. You can also go onto the Drew and Mike store and buy one of those macrame Budweiser hats. <laughs> Just kidding, you can't. Well, you can see what's on there. All right, listen, I got to do Fox News tonight, uh, 7.30, Martin McCallum, talking about the lockdown orders and COVID, if you want to watch. Having said that, happy holidays, happy Kwanzaa, Merry Christmas, happy Hanukkah. Love y'all. Good luck, Dean. You know where I'll be tonight. Santa Claus, go straight to the ghetto. Hitch up your reindeer, uh, go straight to the ghetto. Santa Claus, go straight to the ghetto. Fill every stocking you find The kids are gonna love you so uh, Goddamn ex-kind Sam If you go to the ghetto Avoid him He's living back there near the toilet with the COVID guys That's what you get Tony White Tony Some COVID for Christmas I'm just kidding man I don't wish that on anybody And I do want to say once again Go with God Benny Napoleon Go straight to the ghetto. Tell him James Brown sent you. <laughs> Go straight to the ghetto. You know that I know what you will see. Cause that was once me. Hit it. Hit it. You see mothers and soul brothers. Santa Claus Go straight to the ghetto Santa Claus Oh Lord Go straight to the ghetto Fill every stock and you find The kids are gonna love you so Fill every stock and you find They know that they need you so I'm begging you Santa Claus Go straight to the ghetto
If anyone wanna know, tell them Hank Ballard told me so. Santa Claus, go straight to the ghetto. Never thought I'd realize I'd be singing a song with water in my eyes. Santa Claus, go straight to the ghetto. Had my chance, you see. Sound the ground. Go straight to the ghetto. Santa Claus, that soul brother needs so. Santa Claus. <laughs>